Hello, and welcome back to Everything You Need to Know and Everything You Don't. It's been a while. I've been away for part of a summer, and then I accidentally forgot my login credentials, so I couldn't actually update anything, but I figured it out today. Um, I also got a new computer, and so it's quite unfortunate, but my microphone doesn't really work, because there's no USB port on this, which is stupid, but... Um, if the sound quality is worse than it already was, that's why. Actually, my last episode got 13 plays, which is very exciting because I don't know any of them and they were from different countries and that was really cool. Um, okay, so I've been doing a lot of writing recently because that's super fun. And I finally got back into my Anchor account, which is exciting so I could publish another episode. And I was wondering what I should do an episode on. And of course, because I've been writing, I've been in book mode, and so I immediately thought of the New York Times book scam, scam, which then got me thinking about other scams, and then because of the Olympics, and that happened recently, um, there's an Olympic scammer, and now I'm doing an episode on two of my favorite scams. So if you've heard of my favorite murder, get ready for my favorite scam. Um, so the first scam I'm going to talk about happened in 2017 when YA author Phil Stamper was taking a little peek at the New York Times bestseller list and he saw that the book uh, The Hate You Give by Angie Thomas, which is a critically acclaimed novel about a young black woman who becomes an activist after she sees the police murder her best friend and it was later turned into a blockbuster movie starring Amon Stenberg, Steinberg, um, it wasn't in the first place, and it had been displaced by a book called The Handbook for Mortals. Have you heard of that book? No. Wonderful. You shouldn't have. That's the whole problem. The book was written by an unknown author named Lanny Sarum from the brand new publishing arm of the website Geek Nation, and by unknown, I mean that this book literally cannot be bought from Amazon or Barnes and Noble. And yet somehow it's suddenly sold enough comp copies to not only make it onto the bestseller list, but debut at number one. There are bestselling books that didn't debut at number one. Um, and as someone who works in a bookstore, I can tell you how hard that is, how unlikely that is. First, you're not going to be able to order this book from Ingram which is the wonderful website that, that lets you know where which um, warehouses you can order books from. Um, and meaning that's not going to come to the bookstore in a reasonable time frame. So you have to figure out how to order it from the publisher. But this publisher isn't like Simon & Schuster or Penguin Random House, so that will be difficult as well. And at that point, whoever came into your bookstore will probably say, it's fine, I don't need the book anyway. And then they'd go and try and order the book online from Amazon but that's not an option because Amazon doesn't sell the book. And so we've got a conundrum and our friend Phil Stamper thinks this is odd. So he posts the following on Twitter. I find it dot, dot, dot strange that a mediocre website can decide it wants to be a publisher and one month later hit number one on the New York Times bestseller list. This is what I'm referencing. And then he posts a picture of the bestseller list. A book that's out of stock on Amazon and is not currently in any physical Barnes & Noble in the tri-state area. I'd now like to note after some digging on Phil Stamper's uh, Twitter, he wrote The Gravity of Us, which is a wonderful book and that made me really excited. Anyway, let's read the Amazon synopsis of this book. 
Zayd Holder has always been a free-spirited young woman from a long dynasty of tarot card readers, fortune tellers, and practitioners of magic. Growing up in a small town and never quite fitting in, Zayd is determined to forge her own path. She leaves her home in Tennessee to break free from her overprotective mother, Dela, a local resident spellcaster and fortune teller. That seems fine. Seems totally fine. But I'm not going to judge the presence, the the premise of the book, except for the fact that this book costs almost twenty bucks, which is a lot for a YA book, even if it's hardcover. If you were to walk into a bookstore now and pick something off the shelves, probably be like $18, even if it was from an incredibly reputable author. And also, you know, because of the little pandemic going on, maybe the bookstore would give you a little discount. So wouldn't be 20 bucks. Anyway, who is the mysterious Lanny Serum? Well, Sarum is an occasional actress, music publicist, and band manager who has apparently already tapped herself to play the lead in the Handbook for Mortals movie, which has for some reason been announced on IMDb. Um, and she, or someone at Geek Nation who is her publisher, is also a skilled booklist scammer. Who knew that existed? But they're, they're that. See, it's actually unfortunately not that tricky to buy your way onto the bestseller list if you put in some huge bulk orders. It's actually legal and not even that uncommon. Uh, becoming an Amazon bestseller is even easier, but we won't talk about that. But um, the Times adds an asterisk to any book whose sales rank is affected by bulk, bulk pur purchases. So if they had a reading event and someone ordered 300 books, you'd probably get an asterisk by that. Um, Serum, or someone who was working with Serum, gamed those numbers by arranging large buys only from verified New York Times reporting bookstores. Um, and so she'd call them, she'd call a bookstore, and they'd say, hello, welcome to um, local town bookstore, how can I help you? And she'd say, do you report your numbers to the New York Times? And they'd probably say, pardon? And then she'd repeat her question and say, yeah, I guess. And then she'd say, you know what? I'll take 30 of them. And she'd just go just under the amount that would trigger the little asterisk from the bulk purchases. So that's like 30 copies at a Barnes and Noble and 80 at a little indie store. So we're talking about a ton of orders, which is honestly a lot of effort. So I guess a shameful round of applause for that. <laughs> just kidding. Um, Serum is also a better scammer than she is a writer. Um, author uh, Sarah Carter got her hands on a copy of Handbook for Mortals and her words were, whoo, buddy. And um, thanks to Carter's sacrifice, you can now go onto her Twitter, which is filled with some wonderful excerpts. And after reading an excerpt that's on the still available Amazon page, I have to agree. In the first few pages, we have the wonderfully cliche line, I wish I was normal, and it doesn't get any better after that. Um, the New York Times eventually corrected the mistake, sending out an apology and not even naming Sarah as the author of the book that was taken out, um, and Angie Thomas got her rightfully deserved number one spot. As for the Olympic scammer, that is a whole other story. If you were watching the 2018 Pyeongchang Olympics, you might have witnessed this wonderful bit of history like I did. Um, if you tuned into the qualifying portion of women's half pipe skiing, uh, you got to see 
a wonderfully odd surprise while watching free skier Elizabeth Sweeney um, from Hungary. And as she took her qualifying runs, it became very clear that she was not an elite athlete and also not Hungarian, which is true because she was from California, but that's not really, eh, it's kind of part of the scam. Um, so her qualifying runs were so average that it was kind of almost entrancing as were the event announcers attempts at trying to take it seriously. Please watch the video. I'm absolutely begging you. Um, but you may be asking yourself, how exactly does an average skier, someone who's that boring, make it all the way to the Olympics? Well, the answer is a bit complicated, but it involves a little dedication and a lot of time. Um, Sweeney was uh, freestyle skiing for five years before the Olympics, and it was her goal to make it to the Olympics, even if she had to scam her way in. Um, and she's actually, you know, not stupid. She has a graduate degree from Harvard, so she decided to be smart about it and worked out a wonderful little scheme to make her Olympic dreams come true. Um, she knew that she would never have a chance of making the Winter Games if she was competing for a spot on the United States team, but instead she decided to ski for Venezuela, which is where her mother was from, before eventually switching over to represent Hungary, where her grandparents were born um, two years later. So skiing for Hungary gave Sweeney a better chance at meeting the International Ski Federation's requirements and qualifying for Olympic participation. All she needed to do was show up to a bunch of international events and complete her very basic just kind of skiing down the half pipe runs without crashing and she would slowly score points and work her way up the rankings. She figured that so many people crash while trying to do complicated runs that she wouldn't come in last place. Um, in 2018, there were 24 quota spots available for the Winter Olympics in women's halfpipe skiing, but those spots don't automatically go to the 24 best skiers in the world, which is slightly unfortunate. The maximum number of skiers that each country can send to the Olympics for um, halfpipe is four. So a country like the US, which had six skiers ranked inside the top 20 of the Olympic qualification standings, they could only send their top four skiers, even though they had more than four athletes who earned spots. So with countries like the US having to uh, get rid of those two people who still qualified, some and some countries not using all of theirs, and other athletes pulling out due to injury, the list made it all the way down to number 34 athlete in rankings, which was our Elizabeth Sweeney of Hungary. So when Sweeney arrived at the Olympics, she did what she'd always done, gone down the slope without falling, but unfortunately that didn't quite cut it, even though she had a huge smile on her face and did a, like a little fist pump when she finished. The video is absolutely spectacular, and the poor, poor commentators tried to make her run seem somewhat impressive, measuring her 0.8 seconds of airtime, um, as well as her two and a half foot jump and her 180 degree turn on the half pipe. Um, I'm actually now starting to think that I should claim my mediocre Belgian heritage and compete in curling. Can do girls do curling? Is that a thing? Anyway, do you want to hear about some cool sources? Me too. First one we have is about our first scamming story called um, 
did this book buy its way onto the New York Times bestseller list on the website Pajaba, which I definitely just butchered by uh, Kaylee Donaldson. Then we have um, on the website Electric Lit, the book, this book that scammed its way onto the New York Times bestseller list is Real Bad by Jess Zimmerman. And then for the second uh, scamming story, we have um, Meet Elizabeth Sweeney, the American skier who scammed her way to the Olympics by Pete Blackburn from CBS Sports. And then there's a wonderful video by Half as Interesting, only six minutes long, called How One Woman Scammed Her Way into the 2018 Olympics. Um, as always, thank you for listening and uh, listening to everything you need to know and everything you don't. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, corrections, feel free to email everythingyouneedpodcast at gmail.com. Wherever you are, have an incredible afternoon, evening, morning, or any other indeterminate time of day. And as always, stay curious.